0: the Newsline, we have Scott McFarlane from CBS News. Thank you, sir. Thanks for making yourself available again this morning. Yes, Scott, thanks.
1: Of course, it- this is a big deal what yes. happens today and it's likely to impact the economy it's just a matter of how much
0: okay well let's let's start out the debt ceiling just sounds like it's a silly cap every so often we have a big fight we raise it sometimes we have a little fight and we raise it give us a sort of debt ceiling 101 uh joe was kind enough to give us the first page of a primer but uh start to fill in the blanks here what's the debt ceiling really all about and why does it really make a difference?
1: There's actually been some proposals to get rid of it altogether because all that is the danger at this point. The nation's debt ceiling is $31.4 trillion. The U.S. is not empowered to incur any more debt than that singular dollar amount unless it's raised, which has to happen because, effective today, the U.S. has reached the debt limit. It is $31.4 trillion in the hole. But it's not about future spending. That's what is needed to pay the bills already incurred, to pay the current expenses, it's like your credit card limit. It's not about buying new things, but you hit your credit card limit, you've got to start paying for all the things you've already bought. That's where the U.S. government is at this point. Beginning today, the Treasury Department will move some payments around, do some book shifting to give the Congress a few more months. To raise the debt limit. They're going to stop some payments for some retirement funds some pension funds. It wouldn't have any immediate impact on folks, and they'll make good on that in the future. But that's what will happen just to give a margin for error, give folks a few more months to raise the debt limit. There's really no alternative.
2: But this is like a crazy kabuki dance we go through all the time, I mean, time after time after time. I can understand the argument saying get rid of it, but if you get rid of it, there's absolutely no check or balance on any of the spending and and payment back, is there?
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, this this doesn't seem to be changing the trajectory of spending anyhow. I mean, they've raised this debt limit many times in our lifetimes. Every couple of years it has to happen, and spending continues as spending continues. Uh, but this is often conflated or confused for government spending bills you know in the fall the congress will decide how much money to spend on how many things how much you know debt to incur or how much debt to not incur maybe you pay down the deficit that's a separate issue this is just a ceiling for our credit limit and whether or not congress cuts spending increases spending this has got to be addressed because without this there's a default which causes cataclysmic impacts on the U.S. economy. There are arguments that if you want to address the deficit, you can do so. But this issue here is just a risk and a peril to the U.S. economy that needn't exist.
2: What are their alternatives? I mean, you talked about temporary measures. Is there some definitive way to address this? By Well, of course, eliminating the, the limit would certainly take care of that, wouldn't
1: it? Well, uh, warning, this is where you will going- bang your head into the steering wheel. This is the part of the conversation where that starts. Here's the thing. Democrats, including the Biden administration, say we don't negotiate over this. This is too um, radioactive. It's nitroglycerin. We can't be toying around with negotiations on this issue. It sets a dangerous precedent for future debt limits, and it could cause a cascading impact on the U.S. economy. Some number of House Republicans, who you'll recall, now have the majority in control of the U.S. House, who need to be part of this equation, Say, we want to exact some concessions, because this $31.4 trillion is insane, and we need to do some cutbacks before we agree to raise the debt ceiling. This is where you want to bang your head into the steering wheel, because these two sides are talking right past each other. They're not even on the same wavelength. And here we are on the day the debt limit is reached, and we are just weeks away from a potential catastrophe in the U.S. economy, and they're nowhere near each other. The last time we saw this was 2011. Where We got real close, almost hours away from a breach of the debt limit, and there still was no deal, and it caused the U.S. credit rating to get reduced. It caused a shock to the stock market, and it was the same exact political complexion, Democrat in the White House, Democrats holding the Senate, and an emerging new House Republican majority. That's seemingly the political calculus in America.
2: Isn't, isn't, the, definition of insanity doing, isn't the definition of insanity yeah. doing the same thing <laughs> over and over again, expecting a different result?
1: <laughs> I would tell Republicans um, in the U.S. House one thing. Uh, they don't ask for my advice, but if, I, if they did, I would say, last time this happened, House Republicans took a political hit for it. They got the blame that if, if history is any indication, that might happen again. What happened in 2012 was President Obama sailed to a reelection victory uh, one year after having some political troubles, and House Republicans never really got themselves unearthed from the hole they dug on the debt ceiling. That's the same trajectory we're on politically now, and if history is any indication, that's where we're headed politically.
0: All right, I don't want you to scare anybody, but define cataclysmic impact mm-hmm. in the mind of Scott McFarlane.
1: Oh, it is scary. And, I mean, you're talking about potentially the triggering of an immediate and deep recession, which could cost millions of jobs, if not tens of millions of jobs. Um, a stock market collapse, which does, you know what, to the 401Ks and to people's you know, portfolios. Um, the possibility of interest rates going through the roof. You want to buy a house? You want to buy a car? You think interest rates are high now? Wait till you see what happens when the debt ceiling is breached. And then the world economy takes a hit the likes of which we saw in 2008, if not worse. That's what happens, and that's why this has to get raised. There's no alternative. So until these two sides start talking, we are in a state of economic risk, and that's going to exist between now and June.
2: What's the Biden administration looking for, Scott? Any particular number?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. They're saying the same thing the Obama administration said. No coincidence, he was vice president for Barack Obama that you don't negotiate over this. There is a time and place to talk about cutting the deficit. And the Biden administration takes credit for doing so recently, for cutting the deficit a bit. But this is not the thing. This is a loaded gun to somebody's head. It's not time to have friendly family meetings and conversations. We have to put the gun down first, then we can talk. That's what the Biden administration is arguing. But us Republicans have not shown a lot of flexibility since the start of January. You saw what happened with Kevin McCarthy in the speaker vote this is a group that negotiates and presses hard even when the outcome is uncertain and that's the political reality of the moment
2: is, is mcfarland I'm, I'm sorry is, is um, McCarthy. Uh, mccarthy so seriously weakened that he can't get his conference to to do something constructive here
1: i think this is part of the negotiations that he managed to get into speakership he had made concessions to this group of house republican conference members to do something during these debt ceiling negotiations he didn't put it on paper we haven't figured out exactly what but this is part of that standoff that he tried to push back on the debt ceiling let's see how that plays out
0: now who are the VIPs going to be we know president biden will of course be part of it it looks like kevin mccarthy will be another one but uh, the conference table will have about a half a dozen uh, people at it who are the rest
1: See, that's a good question, because there's no indication at this moment that Senate Republicans want anything to do with the standoff over the debt ceiling. No indication they're going to provide any cover or support for the House Republicans. I'm not saying it's impossible. There's just no indication of that yet. So this really does fall in the lap of House Republicans, singularly. Um, There is a possibility, um, perhaps the most practical possibility right now, is some coalition of Democrats and moderate Republicans get together and figure out an exit strategy, um, almost marginalizing the House Speaker and the House Freedom Caucus. There's a way to do that, and that's politically perilous, possibly, possibly for that group, but that could be how catastrophe is is averted. But I can't tell you, last time this came up, Democrats had the U.S. House and received zero vote to raise the debt ceiling from Republicans. How eager are they to bail Republicans out
2: of this problem? Probably not very eager at all. But for the American people, you know, what the, the, the you mentioned serious or draconian consequences. What's, if they do default, what is likely to be the most, the first thing that the general public experiences?
1: A, a market collapse. Um, a stock market drop over multiple days, perhaps in hundreds if not thousands of points each day in the Dow. Now that's a, that's a Wall Street thing, but you know how you feel that eventually. It does hit your portfolios, your retirement funds, um, but more, I think, to the point of, 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 of at the granular level for Americans, it starts you know, talk, chipping away at the sturdiness of the economy, which leads to layoffs, it leads to interest rate hikes, it leads to uncertainty, and that's really where we are. We're at a time of uncertainty. One congresswoman from Virginia told me, The fact that we're having this conversation, that you're asking me questions about this, that's the risk. We're now talking about an uncertain moment, and that never helps the economy. It
0: never helps the market to have uncertainty. You're making my uh, colleague here, Joe, nervous. He's a
2: retiree, so I don't, I don't, he's a glonkzillionaire with 401 i I'd like
1: to be one eventually, <laughs> <laughs> sooner than later. Right,
2: yeah, well, it ain't always fun, Scott. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Joe, got out oh, his, his, it. Joe got out his smartphone and looked at it when you said that. So uh, one last question. Anything else we're not asking? We're missing the big question. We didn't even ask the right question. Anything else that's really important to bring up here? Yeah.
1: The, the, the time clock starts now. It starts today. The Treasury Department is going to take some measures. It will announce them today to buy Congress a speech. That t- clock ticks loudly and quickly, and there are no meaningful conversations underway right now. That's something to monitor as
2: February and March go going.
0: All right. Well, we'll stay in touch on this topic. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks for it the is. information.
2: You made us all very nervous, Scott, but thanks.
0: <laughs> Scott McFarlane, a CBS congressional correspondent from uh, well, from CBS.